How long gone? Um, we're in the motherfucking building, uh, live from New York. It's Chris Black. Uh, Jason, how you feeling? I'm okay. I mean, having to bump up today's pod through my gym schedule off, and I won't be able to go to the gym today. But, um, you know, as long as you get to have a phone call about belts, it's all worth it. <laughs> Look, as, as my client work that pays the bills around here at Dentith Projects LLC keeps my mental health on track, which helps this podcast succeed and our friendship better. So think of it as an investment in not only me, but also your future. I tried to do that, but it didn't work. Uh, you, do you have anything else? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you have any other suggestions, Doctor Chris? No, sorry, I don't. I'm kind of all out. That was kind of um, that was just a a, a, a vague attempt, and I it came right off the dome. And I'm sorry that that it didn't work. Um, but I I, I saw right through it. Okay, I, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna I'm gonna try harder. I'm gonna try harder. Um, well, I was able to go to the gym today because that's because I got up at five a.m. So it's just something to think about. Um, I woke up at five as well, but you know, life catches up with you. You know, I have a suggestion. And I don't mean to kind of pry into your personal life, but kill my dogs. I not kill. That's not what I was going to say. But there's lots of Mame. There's no, no, no. There's no violence involved. <laughs> there's like a great suggestion, but no. Um, there seems like <laughs> there's a lot of people out there that you know, dog adoption seems like a really cool trend that's kind of out there, and everybody wants to. Mm. You know, nobody wants to buy a designer dog anymore because they're either broke or they want a virtue signal by adopting a kind of gimp. Um, and <laughs> since you, since you, a gimp, have already been adopted by Carolyn, which is very sweet of her, I think that the dogs are kind of the next best option. And if you need to free up some time, this is something to think about. Well, you inspired me to come up with an even nexter, even bester option. <laughs> And one that I'm surprised that you missed, okay. capitalist Chris. Okay, as somebody who's risen to fame, yeah. you know the Guardian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The list goes on. Sure, sure. Um, it, I could give up these dogs for adoption and make what zero dollars. I might even have to pay some processing fees. Oh, not a processing fee. You know, I hate those. Okay, so you have a money making way to get rid of your dogs. So I'm saying, you know, if it's on, you know, <laughs> gently used. Two-year-old okay. dog, <laughs> yeah, mental issues abound, <laughs> but certified, it, certified pre-owned with papers. It's like the the Seinfeld episode where where George buys the old piece of shit convertible Chrysler Skylark Buick Skylark yeah. because it used to be owned by John Voigt. Like okay. uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Previously yeah, yeah, owned yeah. by yeah. podcaster <laughs> and Zac Efron DJ instructor, <laughs> them jeans. Okay, I mean I'm not gonna. I, you know, it's it's not going to change my life, kind of money. It's not going to be, but it could put a couple you know, of extra, like a lottery, extra ducats in the Armani slacks. That's for sure. It'll it'll pay for my um, Gucci Osteria dinner tonight. I'm very okay, uh, I, but it won't cover the valet. Two things: now the valet is going to be twenty five plus. Um, two things to cover. Yeah, we did have a, a great, I'm horny, a great story uh, come out today in the Guardian, and I want to thank. Um, purple for setting that up and uh and to everybody involved over there and also to our, our dog shod d'souza for writing it and spending time with us and kind of really understanding uh where we're coming from and what we're trying to do shoddy we love you shoddy we love you and and thank you to the standard london for letting us kind of take over uh your penthouse uh for the photo shoot um our goal was to look like bell and sebastian or kings of convenience mm -hmm. um and for whatever reason the outtakes look more like that than the photos they chose but that's you know whatever that's we can't beggars can't be choosers jason as you know whereas my goal was to 
Steal the toiletries, which was yes. a success. <laughs> it was a success. The Jason room did. was on your card for incidentals, right? Yeah, that's right. Jason, Not our card. Jason's Jason's um, pants were flowy enough where he could kind of tuck them into his socks, kid style, and stuff a couple mm-hmm. toilet rolls down the fly. I had a couple a couple forties, <laughs> yeah, a couple forties of uh, of Aesop moisturizer yeah, exactly. and, and uh, uh, one and a half Lou rolls. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, go check that out. Uh, TheGuardian.com. Um, it was it was really fun, and I, I think that uh, they they really kind of understood where we were coming from um but more importantly more importantly you're you know i've been trying to go to the gucci osteria uh over there in in, in beautiful beverly hills in southern california for a while but the reservation times are always like 10 p.m mm-hmm. you know because i don't have any juice alessandro my dear friend alessandro has left the house so you know jared leto is not returning my texts it's really tough so <laughs> the, the 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 gucci osteria is a tough table to get and and the reason I'm asking this question is because I know that fact. What time is your reservation? You're gonna you're gonna be green with envy. Six forty five p.m. Oh my god, prime time. Prime time. Oh my god. Oh my god. This is on. I'm really impressed. And I know you had nothing to do with this, so I'm extra impressed. This was this was all Carolyn. This was all Carolyn. Because that was my first thought as well. Where I was like, oh, Gucci Osteria reservation. Let me, it's either going to be a 3.15 dinner or a 10.15 <laughs> yeah, dinner. Yeah, but when she hit me with the 6.45, I was like, oh. That's right. that's honestly, I mean, I, I don't I don't know if you're planning to pay, uh, but if you weren't, you must now. Um, so what kind of 75, what kind of $75 small pastas are you looking to order? Have you checked out the menu? Um, I believe the chef's name is Massimo. Am I am I wrong or am I thinking of somebody else? Yeah, well, the the kind of executive chef is is Massimo Bottura from Yeah, of course, of course. From Italy, you've seen him uh-huh. on Stanley Tucci's show where he I haven't seen that, but sure. pretends to be straight. Um yeah. <laughs> and a zillion other shows. He's he's the 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 pasta master um especially for the uh tortellini and brodo but he's like the executive chef he's not going to be there every day obviously the gucci austria has multiple locations worldwide of course of course beverly hills south korea and wherever saudis are are doing stuff you know whoever invented the chinese weather balloon but i'm I'm sure it's like a very cool young accomplished michelin star chef who's going to make a dessert that is is served on a plate but wouldn't you know it the plate is the dessert you know stuff like that well when the when the when the flatware is gucci flatware gucci <laughs> stemware gucci napkins yeah, i was i was telling gucci. her last night it's even if the food sucks ass it's worth it for the plateware alone just to get the photos of that you know no no for sure the the the, the kind of the, the opportunities for content are endless over there in beverly hills as you know you can kind of uh, get a nice slow mo of you doing a trick on one of those uh, bird scooters. Mm. Um, you can you can dodge someone blowing Zaza with the Dior backpack. It's kind of a it's a choose your own adventure over there on on Rodeo. Yeah, but that's no, that's very exciting, and I would love to hear a full report once you dine on the bread program because I'm I'm feeling like the bread service is going to cost money but be worth it. That's my guess. Well, I don't know if they'll have a bread program. I th- I'm pretty sure it's a tasting menu. I think oh. it's 300 a pop. Oh, okay, so you're definitely not paying. And then okay. If you if you want to do if you want to do wine, it's one of <laughs> If you want to do wine, it's one fifty on top of that. I Jesus think. Christ! It's a tasting menu now. I don't want to go. Why'd you tell me that? You ruined it for me. I wanted to have the fantasy. Bro, don't don't look at me. Look at Gucci. No, you're right. But, I always... but my next goal is to wear 
an outfit that is not suitable for this restaurant, but have it all be Gucci, so they can't technically kick me out. Okay. Oh, I want. I don't. I don't think that's. I have a feeling that the the dress code is kind of up for interpretation when it comes to um, <laughs> if it is the designer, is it the house that owns the restaurant? Unfortunately, I think the the pool slides that look like they've been ran over by a truck are probably not going to be acceptable since you haven't gotten a pedicure. No, I'm I'm th- I'm thinking that the average person who dines at these upscale restaurants in Beverly Hills, they've amassed their fortunes because of their their gaming careers or, you know, their their TikTok oh, I see. revenue streams. No, so no, like they're no, used see, to serving people no, wearing no, no. hundred thieves hoodies and like <laughs> I don't a t shirt that says uh, assholes live forever. <laughs> I don't think I don't think that actually I don't think that's the case. I think because of the if if it is a tasting menu, mm-hmm. um and the table is that hard to get and they don't have like french fry and milkshake, <laughs> then it might not appeal to that crowd i think this is more of an old school classic beverly hills crowd which bodes well for you because i know you like to rub elbows with kind of the top producers and you it's even tougher to get a table at giorgio baldi so this is kind of the next best step yeah it's like if giorgio baldi had food that was edible kind of like that kind of i bet giorgio baldi is better than gucci osteria is my is my guess and you can order a la carte if one has the palate if one has the palate of a person who says their age in this many versus a number <laughs> okay look when you're sit when when you when the after the bill no shots at rihanna but i'm assuming that her palate is not complex after the bill comes and you pay it then let's talk about how good it was until then i don't really care about what your opinion wow. is. wow i feel like i just looked into a a cool magic globe that is showing me the the future of my life but the future is in like seven hours when i'm having dinner it's coming up it's coming up quick uh it's coming up quick but yeah i'm i'm I'm, well i'm excited to hear about this because that is that is a hot spot that i haven't i haven't been to Mm -hmm. before i'll give you the full report don't worry i'll be wearing um a glass onion style ascot or maybe they're hot a gay baiting harry styles style purple neckerchief we're gonna talk to our guest today a friend of the show um about about this uh because the, the this this t magazine first of all t magazine not even the new york times style section the new york times style section is known for kind of you know writing stories about the fact that harry styles fans are ruining the already bad beachwood cafe um but <laughs> you know they've delved into this now there's a story today about about uh about gay baiting queer baiting what it Mm -hmm. means and the different styles of it and it doesn't it's not necessarily saying it's good or bad of course it's it's keeping a swiss style neutrality just reporting the news um but it seems a little late and i also think that um, back in my day queer bait meant something different i'm just gonna say it no i'm gonna say it too i I, is a better time a different time um i'm Mm -hmm. but i think that i think that unfortunately uh harold stylish is about to have a very hard time I think he's about to have a low point because I think beating Beyonce, even though he had nothing to do with it, is going to low-key ruin his life. Um, and I think that, that it's it's going to be quiet for him. He needs to take a six-month kind of sabbatical. It'll be better for I'm him. I'm high-key worried for him. I am too. Yeah, I mean, he should take a t- uh, some time off, even though his body is young and able to bounce back from a breakneck touring speeds. Still, he's only human, unless he's not, which there's a pretty good chance that he's not. Yeah, no, I mean, he doesn't look it. He looks like he's carved from stone. Anyway, we'll talk to we'll talk to our guest. Uh, George uh, Severus uh, is, is a friend of ours. We were on his podcast, uh, Stratio... How do I say it? Do we say Stratio Lab? Stratio Lab? How do we say I it? I think either. I mean... I don't know how to say his last name or the name of his podcast. It's a so. verse. It's a verse podcast name. <laughs> um, we'll we'll ask him about that. We'll get some yeah, clarification. Yeah, we were on his podcast, and 
We ate them up. Well, I was told that when we were on that podcast, a few of the reviews were you are gayer than them. Yeah. Um, and I I felt like that was a compliment, but I can't really tell, you know? Yeah. I mean, that is an interesting point because if we go on their podcast, it's not necessarily I want to out-gay them at their own game or beat them at their own gay game, but it's more so I want to be able to keep up with the style of uh, what their audience is used to and you don't want to be, you know, uh, a droopy straight anchor weighing this tugboat down. You want to fly no. freely. You want it to be as no, smooth definitely. and seamless of an entry as possible. All right. Well, let's um, let's give George a call, and we're going to get into all of this and more. All right, Jason. I want to talk to you about uh, David Smith. Uh, he's got a new show opening at Hauser and Worth in New York at the Twenty Second Street location. Uh, if you're not familiar with David, uh, he is one of the most influential, innovative artists of the 20th century, mostly known for sculpture. But this guy was doing his best work in the last five years of his life, which is uh, <laughs> kind of what I'm hoping for myself. <laughs> and just to be clear, his best work was done back in the 60s. It's important to note when, when he did pass away. It is away. important to know, but the sculptures are very interesting. They're cool. Show closes April 13th. No one thing. David Smith... Late sculptures at Hauser and Wirth, 22nd Street Gallery. Seven of the artist's most important sculptures from the very final years. These are very important sculptures from his final years. And as much as you want to touch them, they are look, but do not. Mm -hmm. Don't make us look bad uh, is, kind of, is kind of what we're saying. Don't go in there and start knocking stuff over. <laughs> uh, David Smith uh, is now open at Hauser and Wirth in New York at the 22nd Street location. And it closes on April 13th. Got it. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. Jason, hair thinning impacts a lot of us. Uh, in fact, over half of us will experience hair thinning at some point in our lives. Yeah. It's not only common, Jason, it's normal. Mm -hmm. So I think it's time to join the over 1 million people who are doing something about it thanks to Nutrafol. Hair thinning is complicated, uh, and the problem is it's actually much bigger than your hair alone. Like your skin, hair is a reflection of your health, mm. um, which if that's the case, Jason, then you're in top physical condition. Uh, <laughs> internal factors can impact the way your hair looks, feels, and grows. Nutrafol's whole body approach multi-targets underlying root causes like stress, hormone fluctuations, and nutrient gaps for visibly Thicker, you know I like them thick, stronger hair. It's all connected, your body. It's all connected. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code HOWLONG. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N U T. R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code how long. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code how long. This episode of How Long Gone is brought to you by Booking.com. That is Booking.yeah. Booking.com offers so many possibilities across the U.S. Uh, from relaxing beach resorts, which you know I, I love and I'm a big fan of, love to bake in the sun, to remote mountain cabins, we can go up there and work on your kind of acoustic album. Mm. The multitude of choices across the beautiful United States of America on Booking.com allow you to book whoever you want to be. I, Jason, you know me. I, I'm a different version of myself depending on where I'm traveling and who I'm with. 
You know, I mean, it's always baseline. Oh, wow. It's baseline, Chris. Diva alert. It's baseline, Chris, but when I'm in Australia, it's different. But in the U.S., if I go to Florida, if I go to Georgia, if I go to California, if I go to Wyoming, you know, I, I'm going to switch up my swag a little bit. Oof, I can only imagine. I, I just recently used Booking.com to take a little uh, post-V-Day trip up into wine country, mm. and I can't wait to see who I will be when I am there. So book whoever you want to be on Booking.com. Booking dot yeah. I am. I'm sorry to even mention this, but I am fully in the throes of a stomach bug, and I'm wearing like pajamas. And this is the first time I've been not in bed all day. Well, that's the respect that how long gone because you've rescheduled this three or four times. So thank God well, you well, were able this to. Is the thing. <laughs> I, I I I'm sorry. Like the only reason I mention it is because I know I'm operating at 50% capacity, and I of course don't want anyone to think that that is you. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that that's me. But I also mentioned it because, yeah, I mean, the first time I rescheduled uh, was because of a sort of family emergency. And then the second time, if I were to have rescheduled, would have been because of what I thought was food poisoning is potentially a stomach bug. And those are like the two biggest lies people tell to reschedule. <laughs> and it is like... And I, I, I really like pride myself in not, I, I'm not, you know, late to things. I don't, mm -hmm. I, I, I generally try to be pretty like good with things I have promised to do. And I could not, if I had not already rescheduled once, I would have maybe contemplated it. But I just, I know that you guys would have talked so much shit behind my back. George, we're, we're, we kind of feel the same way. And I can uh, empathize with that feeling because. We're typically used to being treated respectfully by our guests, so this was a little bit of a shock for us as well. I mean, listen, there, the thing is, you can never actually fully know if someone thinks you're lying or not. And even now, oh, I'm like, even now, I'm like, you guys, there's like a 20% chance you guys think I'm lying. The plausible deniability is what keeps me hard. I, no. I fully believe you. I fully believe you. I, I believe Let the you record too. show. I don't know why, George, because we don't know each other well, but I have a deep respect for you and your comedy stylings as well as your partner. And I, for some reason, <laughs> that, you, for some reason that makes... He listens to every episode, honey. That's right. Yeah. You, you make me, uh, for some reason, you seem trustworthy. And I really hope you don't prove me wrong. That's all. I'm well, saying. listen, we have about an hour for me to uh, fuck this up. Also, uh, speaking of listening to every episode, I want to formally apologize for not hearing uh, Jason repeatedly sort of say an inside joke from the pod when you guys did Strader Lab, and I just kept not hearing it, and no one addressed it. Oh, uh, that's fine. It was a dog whistle to my fans out there, yeah. and I wanted to show respect that I was <laughs> listening to your show, and I am kind of hip to the flavor that happens on the uh, yeah okay. on a day-to-day -day basis in the world of podcasting. Jason, what was the what was the dog whistle if you don't mind me asking? So the the episode before our episode, okay. Um there was a guest who was talking about trying out a new way of saying period. Okay. Where okay. Uh, you would you would kind of end a sentence or reply <laughs> to a statement with period. You've heard that before. We've all heard it before. Uh-huh. And then this this the the guest was proposing that instead of saying period or period with a T at the end, to say the word pelly, which is sort of a a make a, a made up word that's more of a sound, but it kind of tells you everything that you need to know. Yeah, and uh, it's one of those things really that is so stupid that it's actually maybe one of the most brilliant things I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, those are those little things yeah. that I like that. And uh, so Jason kept when he was sort of when he wanted to say something declaratively, he would be like. 
And that's how I feel, Pelly. <laughs> and then I would just, I, I fully uh, ignored it all seven <laughs> times that he did it. Yeah. And I only, I only heard it when I was listening back to the episode. That's okay. I mean, I was sort of doing it under my breath because I wanted it to sort of, I didn't want to take up too much space on a show with four people talking. Right. Well, you were also sort of setting setting us up for failure. In I that mean, way, I guess. if if you don't want to listen, you don't want to listen. Mm, interesting. Inter- <laughs> interesting point. Interesting point, George. So you're saying that Jason's dog whistle was actually more of an attack on you and your co-host Sam, and a challenge to you as hosts, and you failed. I mean, listen. I do think that both of you guys came guns a blazing in a way where we were sort of delighted by it because our big. Um, one of our big issues is like we want to have more non-comedian guests, but then often they're duds. Well, listen, comedians can be duds too, and I'll be the first to say it. But we, yeah, we know that. We know <laughs> yeah. that, sweetheart. You don't have to tell me. Comedians prioritize entertaining, filling up dead airspace, yes, ending. Yes, exactly. Keeping the conversation. Even, and and let me tell you something. Sometimes the air is not even dead. Sometimes there just needs to be air, but they will sort of jump in um, <laughs> sure, and make sure, up a sure. word. There's, there's guilty. <laughs> um, but no, I thought you guys. Uh, brought a sort of like, and I don't mean this in a bad way, a sort of caffeinated energy, I would say. Like you guys were really mm. d- d- down to clown, as we say in the biz. Yeah, no, I mean, I would prefer I would prefer cocaine energy, but caffeine works as well. <laughs> um, and I, I think that we often, do you not sip bean before you record? Are you not caffeinated when you, when you do an appearance or your own show? Well, I'll tell you this. I mean, one of the reasons I mentioned uh, being sick right now is that it is potentially the first day in, you know, years that I have not had any caffeine because I just can't consume coffee right now and I was even looking for a tea have you tried matcha I mean listen if someone brought me a matcha I would have some I don't have any in the home um, but I was sort of, I, I was trying to even find like just anything like a Lipton basic like black tea and the only thing we have other than coffee is herbal tea so I'm just like for no reason sipping on this peppermint tea that's not going to do anything it's not going to do anything no it's 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 great for digestion yeah which you probably don't you probably don't need well, help with that right now either <laughs> i know i was about to say it's probably the last thing um, i need right now, now do you do she's you, digested are you a, are you a sickly guy do you do you find yourself often <laughs> being like i need to hit WebMD. i've got some symptoms <sighs> or do you only yeah. let this affect you when you're when you're feeling dramatic that is a great question because i sort of judge people who are sickly and i Same. in fact and in Same. fact that's I, why I, I asked that's why i, I asked i was about to qualify that i was about to qualify that but and i'm actually what do you not guys do for short people i'm not going to <laughs> um i sort of uh i mean you know we all have friends that are just co- it's constantly something and you're like well maybe it's you mm. um, yeah of course of course of so course. i i think uh you know i i hate the aesthetics of being a sickly person and i do everything in my power not to be one <laughs> having said that you know it is true that uh, my body is weaker than some people's, and it's not—it's not uncommon. It's always going to be weaker than someone's. Well, yeah, I guess that's true. It's okay. Are you, Chris? Do you just ne- have you never? <laughs> do you just sort of reject being sick? I've never been sick. I mean, I've had, I've had, I've had COVID. I've had COVID five times, but I've never been sick because I, I don't. The trick, I, as you probably know, George, is you don't test. You know, if you don't test, if you don't go to a doctor, if you don't. You, it's a mental sickness is merely a mental war, mental warfare between your brain and your body. And this is something I deal with in the gym when I'm kind of trying to get a PR and max out. So I'm very, I'm very adept in kind of mind over matter. And if I feel sick, I can usually power through. And I've, I've, I mean, I guess a couple, I guess like a month ago at the end of a day where I was clearly sick all day, but continued to power through, I did collapse. 
um, in a in a dramatic fashion and have to kind of go to sleep. But that's the last time it's really affected. Me. I mean, the thing is, I do in my heart agree. Like, I, I in my heart, I agree that it is that you can sort of use your brain to overcome anything, which is why it feels even worse to be occasional. I'm not like super sickly, but I, you know, it's like a, a few times a year I got sick and it feels really like a moral failing. It is. And it is. I hate being like the person, thank you. I hate being the person like sneezing at work. It's just like, <laughs> it's so humiliating. Yeah. You have to kind of come at it with the energy of like, not today, Wuhan, you're not going to get me. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I also then I'm like, I mean, in the same way that I did today, I sort of tried to get ahead of it by being the first to bring it up. It's like if I hadn't brought it up, you guys would probably wouldn't have known. Yeah, it's not like I'd be, now I'm, I'm starting I mean, like George, at a, I'm starting at a disadvantage. George, you seem like you're a half step behind. Do you happen to have a stomach bug or something? I, I don't, this, <laughs> it's so weird. I'm feeling something from the other end of the call. here. So we were we were reading the the, the cut etiquette guide and they were talking they were mentioning never ask somebody how they got covid and i was commenting that i also hate when people ask how you got food poisoning because number one the answer doesn't matter and number two oh, yeah you never really know the answer it could be any number of things that you've put in your body over the last week that being said how did you get food poisoning honey yeah well i'll <laughs> tell you this yeah so I, th the reason I think the reason I think it might be a stomach bug is because I had dinner with a friend and we had the exact same thing. We shared everything family style, but I mean, I I sort of don't want to say the name of the restaurant because I I know you guys have billions globally, That's billions right. of listeners, and in fact, connections in the food world. So <laughs> well, I don't, don't wanna, worry, don't worry. Uh, if Andy Bargani of, hears this, he's not going to talk to you anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll say this, it is a it is a and I don't usually go to Williamsburg because I, you know, sort of love myself, but I it, it was a Williamsburg it was a trendy Williamsburg spot. Not not super recent. I would say it peaked around 2015, let's say. Okay, so what did you order family style at Four Horsemen? <laughs> yeah, well, so um, it was not Four Horsemen, but it, very close to Four Horsemen. And I'll say uh Don't don't come for yeah, Walter. Don't chicken. come for Walter Foods like that. That's an old school classic. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, I, we ordered a, okay. a sort of like just normal stuff. I don't know. But, but so but then my friend it has been like completely fine. But I really, as soon as I walked out, I knew something was wrong. So unless the timing is just so eerily, mm -hmm. uh, let me ask a question. Let me ask a question, George. Maybe the maybe the problem isn't the restaurant. Maybe the chef isn't your enemy. Maybe your friend is your enemy. Is I mean, it possible listen, you were poisoned? It's not impossible. It is another comedian, and there are only oh, exactly that's kind of where there my head are was only going. a few spots left to write for Fallon, Kimmel, <laughs> uh, you know, Real Time with Bill Maher. All these jobs, all of us are gunning for. And listen, if it's not going to be me, it, it could be her. Okay. Oh, it's a. F oh, you know, does, does Bill Maher hire gay gay people? I didn't know that. A uh, great question. No, <laughs> it was actually the first th th when I moved to New York. The first, either first or second writing packet I ever did was for Bill Maher, and I was like. You know, when you do these things, you sort of convince yourself, even when it's clearly not true, that something is your dream job because otherwise you can't sure. bring yourself mm. to like possibly not, possibly fail at it. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's like, what am I going to do? Half ass a bill? Like, it's going to take me, you know, three days. So I might as well pretend I want it. So I really was like, so, like, I passionately wrote this, like, three paragraph long monologue for him. And it was, like, sort of about, like, I don't even know like it was about it was about weed and black women let me guess yeah it was about weed and black women um and how cancel culture is uh cancer on society and how bella thorne should not have anxiety isn't that 
Have you seen that viral clip? Oh yeah, of course, of course. Um, yes. I, it's you know, it feels it's nice to feel at home somewhere. I could just say that, and you guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but then, yeah, because was I was doing that one. packet, uh, I then went on IMDb and just looked at his writers' room, and it is fully all uh, white men over the age of fifty, which I understand is sort of obvious but to see it there in black and white really is shocking who are still writing jokes like have you seen all these starbucks is coming in <laughs> yeah the- literally literally don't do that don't do that to bill he has a very popular show on the hbo network i don't think look you guys yeah. are i think bill's a lot like joe rogan where it's like he's not good but for what he's doing he's the best we got so we got to have him kind of thing i agree and the thing is yeah. i mean as humiliating as it is to admit like now looking back when i was younger i mean the, uh, I would occasionally watch it as just like when I was in high school. And that's like where I first uh, learned who, I mean, you're going to laugh, where I first learned who like Cornell West was. Yeah, no, <laughs> or like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, you know, all the, I'm serious, yeah. like all these like genuine like public intellectuals, they wouldn't go on, you know, mad TV. No, yeah, they're not doing, they're not doing. <laughs> well, I, I mean, but that's the thing about Bill. I mean, I would rather watch Bill Maher than any other show in that time slot. Like, Watching Jimmy Fallon, I mean, I want to be on it, but I don't want to watch it. You know what I mean? It's it's one of those. Yeah, it's one of those. Uh, one of those things. But I I don't know if um I don't know. I guess who Bill? I guess Bill Maher only tries to be funny at the beginning, kind of. You know what I'm saying? Well, and he does new rules. Yeah, that's true. Rules. New rules is the class. New rules is like his his Letterman top ten. His or his weekend update. New yeah. rules is like one of the worst things to ever come out of uh, <laughs> home box office television. <laughs> oh. Don't use don't use their full name. That's when I know you're serious. I, it, it's just I mean it really is. I mean that's where you can really tell that the writers' room is all. Uh, yes, I would agree with you. I, I would I would agree with you on that. I didn't know. Now, what was your relationship to the reboot of Gawker? Um, I was a full-time uh, editor. <laughs> wow. Okay. I didn't know you were full-time. All right. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I basically like, so I, um, I've sort of had uh, almost like parallel career, careers in the sense that uh, neither of them, I, I don't slay any of them, but I do do them. Um, and so, like, for a while, for, for uh, three years when I first moved to New York, I worked at a journalism research center as um, as a researcher and editor. And I would not um, I would not want my, my former boss to hear me refer to it as a day job because I really respect her and I genuinely thought it was an interesting job. But it was very much like... I was doing comedy at night. I was, yeah. you know, doing. I was making money during the day in a, in a full time job, and then like doing comedy at night and doing writing packets and, and whatever else. So, um, and then I left uh, in the beginning of the pandemic, and I was like, you know what? Like, I have to really commit to. Um, <laughs> it's time to get serious about comedy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's what we're here um, for. Yeah. And so then I had like a few writing jobs. Um, like a, I had like a TV job, and then I had like a, ra- a sort of like a radio. I, I worked on this like comedy show on BBC World Service, and like various other things. And um, but it was sort of the middle of the pandemic, and uh, you know, it wasn't the best time to be looking for work as a TV writer. And then Leah Finnegan, my boss at Gawker, mm-hmm. emailed me, and because I had written something for the Outline, which is a website that she used to edit, and she emailed me and was like, "Do you want to talk about a potential job?" And then at first we were talking about be, me being sort of a columnist, and then she was like, "You know what? I know this is out of nowhere, but I know you have editing experience. Like, would you want to, like, would you want to come on full time?" And it was one of those things where I, um, 
at this point, this is almost cliche to say, but I really was like a huge, huge fan of the original Gawker. Like I was one of those people that would like type G and it would, you know, auto complete. And I <laughs> same, same, same. I, when I, I type S, it goes straight to Sniffies. Yeah, I really developed like embarrassing sort of parasocial, uh, to use a trendy word of the day, like relationships with all these people. And I thought all of them were so smart and like, you know, Gawker pilled is what you were. Yeah, I really was. I really was Gawker pilled. So I was like, I was like, you know what? I know I I had told myself that I was leaving digital media to pursue this other stuff, but this is the one job that I really would say yes to because I like twenty two year old me could not forgive myself for not like jumping at this opportunity. Sure. Yeah. So long story short, I uh, yeah I was there from the beginning of the reboot, which was like two years ago because we sort of started before the actual website launch launched. Um, and yeah, I was uh, laid off along with everyone else last week. All right. So do you guys know? Do you guys know Brian's home address? Or are you taking it in stride? <laughs> so here's what I'll say. Um, <laughs> I unfortunately, uh, there is a sort of non disparagement clause to my to mm-hmm. uh, upon which my severance depends. Okay. And it it got and um, I actually recorded an episode of my podcast last week and had to go and it was the day we all the day the website shut down and I had to go back and like edit out individual words and sentences here and there because I didn't want to say anything that I was not allowed to say. So as much as <laughs> I would love to record a Patreon exclusive where I can tell you all my thoughts on uh, Brian Goldberg. Um, and it really genuinely pains me, especially on this podcast, to be such a coward. <laughs> well, for now, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, we have no problem keeping our mouths shut until the check clears. Yeah. We, we, value we stand money over the Bustle Media Group on this podcast. Oh, absolutely. They're, they're doing such great work. Brian is such a badass. Um, and <laughs> badass. The, the space, the voice he gives to women-led sites is... Uh, Bro, don't look. It's sort of unlike... I love when... I mean, I'm gunning for a budgetal... B- bustle digital cover and if you fuck that up for me we're gonna have a problem what are we talking nylon bustle uh w magazine bustle, bustle classic oh bustle classic. bustle classic you gotta go classic <laughs> i want to get you gotta go fastball down the middle jason's spent a lot of time in nylon because of his indie sleaze past so he's kind of over it so we're gunning oh i see much more time than you fucking broke hose have you guys ever done one of those photo shoots where like for and no offense to anyone who is associated with these, but it's like, you know, they sort of dress you to look like Jim Carrey as the Riddler, and then everyone's like, yas. Uh, when, you, when you said, have you ever done one of these kinds of shoots, and then you described a shoot that has never happened before, I am confused, but I would love to hear, hear an example of this Jim Carrey Riddler yasification shoot. I mean, it's sort of like, you know, it's like, It'll be like Oscar Isaac, and then suddenly he's wearing like the Bodie clown suit. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course, of course. Uh, okay. You know what I mean. I, mean, I know what you mean. This is well. This no, is the. Thank God I, I have a real issue. With, I, I have a real issue with this. Like, I, I mean, I, I'm I'm more offended by the we put Seth Rogen in designer clothes, and all of a sudden he's sexy daddy. <laughs> I, I, so I know this about you. Sadly, I hate to break it to you. I am one of the people who finds him to be sexy daddy. <laughs> but you would find if you if you find Seth Rogen to be sexy daddy, you would find it's that. not because of the clothes. That's it's what not I'm saying. You, you it's his yeah. voice. It's it's probably the voice, right? Um, I just think. I mean, listen. I think sometimes he takes it too far with the clothes. But when I see him like just wearing sort of a nice tailored suit. 
compared to what he used to compared to how he used to be, which is like wearing like a t-shirt with like weed uh, imagery on it or whatever. He was giving Adam Sandler at the grocery store. Yeah, like I think it does. Uh, I think he's like a handsome guy. It's a glow up. That's uh, yeah. Uh, okay, uh, and then yeah, and if you were to engage in sexual activity, you'd hear that kind of wet marijuana voice on the back of the neck like <laughs> i mean i am available whenever he wants me to participate it feels good <laughs> i just don't yeah his his turn into like i'm so rich that i'm i'm taking ceramics classes like an upper east side wife well is- so there you go that part i don't like like the fact that he has this like company called you know house plan or whatever that I could do without. I mean, I, I will say that the the houseplant from from all of my friends that stay smoking, they they say that the the it's good. Like the quality of all the products is very good. Like people are very impressed by it. All right, listen. I was trying to re- I was trying to be on your side. I was I'm trying just to be telling like, you. Yeah, I hate that no, he no, like I now don't... is like, and now suddenly this is where you're in support of Seth Rogen's entrepreneurial pursuits. Well, Chris, the the quality of Balenciaga clothing is also good, but no, but I think <laughs> what it's, does that mean? I think it's like no. I'm just I'm saying that it's as far as a celebrity vanity project goes, it's the most obnoxious, but it's better than like Brad Pitt's skincare brand. You, you know what I mean? I completely agree like at least it feels like real to him yeah. because he he all he does is smoke weed it, it, it feels right yeah we had a sort of running joke in our gawker coverage of the of brad pitt's skincare line where we called it uh genderless grape serums <laughs> um <laughs> because it's like somehow made of grape or something <laughs> i just <Not> don't <laughs> i just don't think that like i think the celebrity skincare brand thing is getting is getting absolutely out of control i truly am like what is the end game here well it's because like these i mean dude these so these big talent agencies like have departments that are just like all right bro what do you want to do yeah we want tim we want timothy chalamet boxer briefs we can do it you want brad pitt skincare we can do it and it's just like obviously Haley bieber it makes sense she's hot like i want my lips to look like hers but yeah when we when we signed to caa they're like you guys want to do tequila brian well i'll put you in touch with steve yeah and and by the way congratulations and i'm sorry i didn't thank you thank you (laughs) i wasn't fishing wait so i have a question this is um this is something I think about a lot. Like you mentioned Haley Bieber. I feel like something that is very difficult for me to figure out in this uh age is what women straight men actually find attractive. Because it is now You've come to the right you've come to you the know, right place, George. Go ahead. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? I I feel like we're jumping through so many hoops to say the right thing. And I'm not even saying that in a sort of anti-cancel culture way. I mean, just like it is impossible to understand anything anyone is saying online because everyone is like <laughs> firing on like 15 different cylinders in case mm. someone comments like, this ain't it, chief. Right. <laughs> um, so I'm like, so it's like to me, like is Haley Bieber j- just someone who is being sold as super hot or is she in fact what straight men are attracted to? I think that She's, uh, I, I feel like, and I could be wrong, this is maybe, you know, just one man's opinion, um, but I think women also think she's hot. I think she's one of those kind of crossovers that men and women agree on, and that helps her fame. Interesting. Do you think she was hot before all the plastic surgery, Chris? Um, she was hot. I think she had more natural natural going for her than a lot of her contemporaries. I'll say that. She had good bones and a good remod. Much, much like, I would say, curb appeal, you know, was there. <laughs> And then once you got in there, once Willow got in there and his kind of design team, it really came to life. You, you can you can believe that she is a beautiful, sweet person, but I think for an actual straight person, she she doesn't possess a fuckable quality. You know what I mean? 
There's not a sexual animal passion going on there. I sort of that that's what I would have guessed maybe. Oh, I disagree. I think she I think well, she I, said, I mean I no, think Chris, Bella Hadid. I said as an actual straight person. Your opinion. <laughs> oh, I understand. Obviously okay. a little different. I don't I honestly Jason likes like Dua Lipa, which I don't find. She does nothing for me. But that's also a common straight person. See, like, again, Dua Lipa, I love, obviously, Dua Lipa. I mean, you know, <laughs> you can't. You're gay. I'm gay. Yeah. Um, but I'm sort of like, <laughs> it's crazy to me that you guys can even, like, see her. See her? What do you mean by that exactly? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm as, as in, like, I'm like, oh, she exists. You're saying it's a gay, it's a gay figment. Yeah, it's like, exactly. <laughs> like, Are you all I, seeing me, this? I, I, I genuinely am like, oh, I didn't know straight people knew about Dua Lipa. <laughs> Look, I mean, if we're talking about Kim Petras, that's one thing. But Dua Lipa is a pretty huge superstar with big songs and she's okay, also but, beautiful yeah to me i'm like this is this is a very like gay person thing to say but i recently watched a trailer of a film uh with monica bellucci and i was like well this is the most still the most beautiful woman in the world to me yeah no no sure. I mean, absolutely yeah 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 and like no one like Haley bieber will never be monica bellucci absolutely absolutely not all right so we're in agreement oh yeah yeah i mean yeah those the bellucci's and all yeah Women, women like that. It's a whole other category. But also, yeah, as a straight man in in twenty twenty three, we're so unmasculine. You know, whatever has happened to us through the last fifty years of everything. Yeah, we don't like. There's no straight guys alive unless you're like a forklift operator who can handle a woman like that sexually. Like no person who's like a professional gamer. That's could, uh, that's actually a very yeah. good point, and that really sucks for Monica Bellucci. Yeah, well, she's old, so I'm sure she's fine. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. she lived a lot of life. You know what I mean? No, it's yeah. True, you it's know, true. like you see Marissa Tomei in the '90s or whatever. It's just like you know, they don't make cuties like that no more. But I also think it's not about I, when it comes to celebrity. And if they do, they have their septum pierced in, in a yeah, way, exactly. A way that's that's, not the, pleasing, that's the, you know? That's the other problem. The new, it's the, like being like a classic beauty is not rewarded by society anymore, especially as a celebrity. You have to be like either over the top in some way or just yeah. like, I'm free, I'm freaky. You know, you can't just be like, you can't just sit there and be beautiful. You gotta, you gotta bleach the eyebrows for some reason. We gotta bleach those. Exactly. That's what I mean. That, that, that's what I mean. And also, I think the plastic surgery thing truly is an epidemic. And it's like, I think we're gonna see that. I think that will. I don't know if it'll be reversed. That might be aggressive, but it'll it'll calm down. I think. I'm sort of confused. Like, what? Um, it's crazy because anyone you talk to agrees with you, obviously. And but so then you're like, so why are we all still doing it? What is the great point? <laughs> great. I think point. because I once you once you start that train a chugging, yeah, you can't really yeah. stop. Like once you get your first Botox, you're like, oh, I love this, and then four months later, you're like, it went bye bye. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, you used to look better, and now you don't. What happened? Yeah, I'm seeing it more and more with my gay male friends in a with way the that... fellows? Yeah, it's sort of like sneaking uh, sneaking its way into the community. I'm not I'm not sure it's sneaking. Sounds I think, like us. I think, <laughs> I think Botox <laughs> is taking the front door into the community, George. I don't think... It's well, Botox <laughs> specifically, but then but then I'm talking about like fillers, for instance. Like, uh, okay. It, I, so you got, I, so you you know, got like some of your of, homeboys coming through with the fat cheeks looking like squirrels? Like, where are we going? Looking like sort of human Kendall. Remember, yeah. you know, it was like sort of a page six story legendary, human Kendall. Legendary. RIP to the god. <laughs> yeah, one, of, one of the one of the best to ever do it, George. Don't don't disrespect Absolutely. him. Absolutely, like he crawled so Sam Smith could walk. Yeah, exactly. But you look. I I don't know how old you are, but you look pretty youthful. I think it's because you're so svelte. Thank you very much. You, know, you haven't. You're 
you're quite wispy, which I think could keep you young. Um, whereas someone like me, obviously with all of the chemicals I'm taking um, to bulk up, it is aging my face. You're the youngest retired editor I've ever met. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I sort of... Uh, it's giving rookie mag, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very... I'm always giving Tavi. Um, I sort of... I was very... Uh, I, I was like... I was a fat kid in high school and then I lost a lot of weight and... That I feel, I mean, at this point, you know, unless you look at photos of me, you wouldn't know or whatever, but like that did just age me in my early 20s. I suddenly went from having like a baby face and looking like I was 15 mm-hmm. to looking firmly in my 20s. Yeah, that's what I mean. What did you what did you do to lose the weight besides obviously not eating cocaine? Was there any was yeah. there a workout regimen or was it just strictly so popcorn? It, I mean, it was a constant struggle when I was in high school. And so I went to I my family's from Greece and I went to high school in Athens. Oh, wow. Um and it the sort of like that's so hot. That's thank so you very hot. much, Chris. I mean, to to gain that much weight on a Mediterranean diet, yeah, yeah it is really impressive. Yeah, exactly. How well, what he, happened how did was, he do it? That's a lot of cucumbers, man. Yeah, the yeah. Fi- the fish is so lean. I don't understand. I know. Well, so what happened was, um, so my family <laughs> sorry, sort of sorry. moved back and forth. That was very offensive. And we moved back to Greece when I was like twelve or thirteen, um, after living in the states for seven years, and I. Because I was so behind, you know, I went to a Greek-speaking high school and I felt very behind because yeah. I had been in America for so long. Um, so I basically, like, stopped doing any physical activity because I was so focused on academics. And that'll, I mean, when you do that, it, it only takes, like, two months. I mean, your entire body changes. Well, your first your first mistake, your first mistake is... is concentrating on your studies uh you know a hundred percent and in retrospect if i could take one thing back it would be that <laughs> very very ungrecian of you as well yes yeah yeah exactly. studies but also yeah like when you're at that age when you are 15 and you're sort of left to your own devices as to what you're putting in your body it's yeah you know it's it's junk food you know like the food i was eating in high school was truly yeah it's junk food we were alive, living yeah. uh especially the first year we were there we were in an apartment that was like walking distance from any sort of Greek bakery where I could go get like a mm-hmm. spanakopita and like yeah. a you know or like a the Greek version of McDonald's and and whatever else and not for nothing I have to and still have to this day two Greek grandmothers that just like compulsively cook and shove food down your throat as mm-hmm. you can imagine so sure. I I never stood a chance is what I'm saying yeah no I understand look I I'm I'm recovering as well um I was a a large youth. Um, and I, I do think it comes down to youth large. Yeah. Youth large husky, as they say husky. I mean, I, talk about a triggering, a triggering word is like when you would go to, into a store with your mom and she'd be like, so let's find the husky sizes. There, I mean, it, it's, I'm, I'm, Oh, I don't like to hear it. Even I don't like to hear it even now, but what, what were you, uh, what were you going to say about fat positivity? I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, it's no. So what I was going to say is like, he was positively fat. You know, the fat po- fat positivity movement had not made its way to Greece at the time, and it's very common. Like, I have I have such a distinct memory of like being at the airport or something with my grandma, and she's like, we were like making small talk with some other family because our luggage was late or something, and she just out of nowhere is like talking to this kid, and she's like, well, clearly you like to eat, like <laughs> something. It's like it, it's it's almost like a term of. It's any sort of recognizing anything about someone else is almost a term of a form of a term of endearment. So it's like people would not hesitate. Yeah, people would not hesitate to to tell you you gained weight or to be like you're looking pretty big. Like maybe it's time to cut back on the you know Mm -hmm. feta cheese. (laughs) Um, Put down the block of feta, George. Come on. And then on the other side of things, like it was very normal to like my multiple 
cousins of mine and me and aunts and uncles and whatever would like call up upon the services of a nutritionist. And it's like, it was someone that the family knew and he would like come to the house and it was like, you know, would you truly pay him like 25 euros? And he would be like, well, yeah, so you're going to want to eat salad. Sure, <laughs> you're not give- smoking enough cigarettes. That's the problem. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, literally. He's giving you the good, that good data for 25 euros. I'm sure that includes blood work. So that was step one. I, so I lost some weight in high school and then I sort of like in a pretty unhealthy way, uh, lost more weight when I was in my early twenties. And then it sort of like evened out. And I feel mm-hmm. like, I feel like now I have like an okay relationship to food. I mean, I think that, that I don't know. I, I I don't um I I I definitely don't have an okay relationship with food by any means. But I do think that that is all like as an adult almost like the the stuff from being a kid. I don't I barely remember. Yeah, like I know it was bad. I knew it was bad. Like I think everyone at that time period, no matter where in the world you were, you drank coke and ate fast food. That was just kind of what. Yeah. There wasn't this line of thinking that like you should be healthy. You you, you never flushed French fries until you're well in your twenties. Exactly. Yeah, I was fully. Yeah, I mean, before when I was throwing the M and M's into the woods, I was in my early thirties. You know, so it's it's not. I mean, it's not throwing M and M's into the woods. You don't. You know, you have to figure you have to figure this stuff out as you age. But I do think that the um I think that just the the we talk about it more now than we've ever talked about it as a society, which is obviously unhealthy. But also now it's like impossible to actually talk about it in a way that makes sense because you it's sort of like you're not allowed to even acknowledge having a body because it's like everyone's everyone is everything is okay you you have to like skirt around if someone let's say feels like they don't like their body for any variety of reasons whether Mm -hmm. it's like height or weight or whatever like it's almost taboo to talk about it yeah because some motherfucker who has no legs is like oh yeah i would love to have your body (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Is that what you think, George? Yeah, that's exactly what I think. You're ableist. <laughs> and uh and thank you for finally granting me a space for my ableism. No problem. It was an a roundabout way of of saying that, you know, that we should always be grateful for the bodies that we have and it could always be worse, but No, it's You're true. right. That, is, that doesn't mean that you have to stay silent in in your suffering. Thank you. I, <laughs> yummy suffering. <laughs> no, but it is it is crazy how much we talk. I mean, obviously, we're part of the problem here at How Long Gone, and, and me specifically, but it, it's crazy how mm-hmm. much we talk about it as, as a, a society. At How Long Gone, it's always fat bitch o'clock. Yeah, always, year round. But I do think it is, it's like it used to be it used to be reserved for like female celebrities, I think, which is obviously dark and awful, but now it's just anybody can get the smoke. You know, any truly anyone can get the smoke. It used to just be Kirstie Alley, God rest her soul. <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. Now we got to talk about Sam Smith. You know what I mean? That, who else, Who who could be less interesting? You know, but we have to talk about yeah. it. We don't have a choice. I have to say the Sam Smith stuff bums me out because I do think ultimately people are making fun of uh, Sam for being like for being overweight like it and it's it's sort of like very thinly veiled nice pun yeah yeah i would agree i would agree uh, you know I, what i mean I, I'm, I'm just kind of like all right like calm down like <laughs> I, i'd much rather make fun of harry styles but you can't yo, 100 percent. but you can't make fun of lizzo but you can make fun of sam smith it doesn't really make sense exactly mm. you know but i don't think that's i don't know you can't the, the, I, I don't mean, think people mind that sam smith is is husky because he has this golden voice beautiful voice but i think people are mad because he's you know, much like Adele, where it's like, I have this amazing voice, and I'm going to sing, and that's it. And then Sam was like, no, I need to wear coochie cutters, and <laughs> yes. I need to sing yeah. a, like a song about the daddy go to a strip club, and he naughty. 
um, instead of this being a beautiful singer. So everyone is like, oh, I loved right. V1 of you. So V2 of you is like, oh, I don't know. Oh, so, yeah. So you're saying there's some... Sure. Or or Lil Yachty or whatever it is. It's sort of like when Liz Fair released a more poppy album and people wanted her dead. Well, it feels like with Sam Smith, it's like it feels a little bit like that, that thing where it's like, we're fine with you being gay. We just don't want to see it. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're, no, it's true. And that, no, that's, it's, it's very that's true. That's weird, uh, weird and kind of unfair. And now he's making Satanism uncool for the first time in my existence, exactly. which is exactly. very... That's what I'm offended by. It's That's tough. what I'm offended by, bro. So, suck all the dick you want, Sam. Hang out with Kim Petras, but not Satanism. <laughs> Leave that to us. We had one thing. We had one thing. We had one fucking thing. <laughs> but I don't... I mean, I don't think he's getting... I, I don't know why. It's weird, because this happened This happened with... um. It's like when Anne Hathaway, when people just decided they hated her. Something just happened. Something turned. No, it's true. I mean, it's like it's the it's a high school mentality of like, you know, we all remember that one kid in high school who everyone made fun of. And you actually could not articulate why. But it was a sort of I think it's a mix of desperation and uh, some sort of incongruity uh, between how they present and how you think they actually are or something. Yeah, true. Yeah, true. I, th- I think there's a rise when you you'll see on Twitter, there'll be like a photo of somebody famous and the caption will be like, "I don't know, but I just I just know this person stinks." You know, like I just I can I can just tell by looking yeah, at a yeah. photograph of them on the red carpet that I will not like the way they smell. Yeah, and I think Anne Hathaway has that same kind of energy of like she's a talented, beautiful actress, but you know she feels like somebody who will use her teeth when she's sucking your dick. So I don't like her anymore. You know, or it, it could be anything like that. Yeah, I think yeah, George. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was I was sort of gonna say maybe that you she is agree she's sort that, of a George. theater kid, <laughs> yeah. but I guess teeth. Teeth, dick sucking was was the second uh, example I would have. I was actually. I just wanted to. I just want to be clear. I was going to go with theater kid as well. So I'm. I'm glad that you and I were kind of zigging, (laughs) zigging, and we were in. We we got which is odd because theater kids known for being great dick suckers. No, that's actually true. That well, certainly in my community, the theater community, the theater community is is overtly sexual. That nerd, that nerd sex vibe is 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 (laughs) yeah. They're sexual and they're poly. Oh, sex. Oh, I didn't realize that yeah 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 well i don't know i'm just sort of like anyone a hole's a hole in the theater community <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um okay so george i was to go, kind of go back to the the world of of health and and fitness and things like that uh i was listening to your the most recent episode that i think came out today and your guests mentioned oh uh, you guys were talking about fast casual restaurants and you're saying that they were often popularized by um the worst type of straight people mm. which you you're you didn't say this but your guest said like health conscious fitness straights are the worst forms of straight people wow so i wanted to uh, like i said their words not yours you guys did agree but uh <laughs> what do you think the the if, if that is the case and you could you can agree or disagree with that if that is the case then what would you consider the the best types of straight people to be I mean, it's funny because you're actually you're catching me at a sort of transitional phase where I am actually now also becoming uh, health curious and sober curious mm-hmm. um, after many years of uh, honestly uh, punishing that bod. Punish, yeah. Well, no, not even that, but just sort of like rolling my eyes at people who were. Got it. And and I, uh, I you know, taking it slowly. I'm not like doing like heavy duty strength training, but. I've been like working out generally more than I would uh, since the beginning of the year, not to be a cliche. And like I did sober weekdays in January and I felt so much better. Um, but to answer your question of who the best straight people are, 
<laughs> I mean, male models that don't talk. Uh, allies. Yeah, but but that's the thing. I guess no. Like I'm 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 trying to think. What are I'm trying to think of my own straight friends. I mean, okay. Do you guys know like Jeremy Levick and Rajat Suresh? Uh, no, well, on Twitter, not personally. Jeremy used to be Nomi's uh, babysitter, which oh, is like a okay, fun, okay. But they're they're both comedians, and it's like a running. You know, Nomi's always like proud of my former babysitter, whatever. Yeah. But they're just like two super sweet, super funny straight guys that don't go out of their way to like you know, affirm my experience. They just are normal and I can have a normal conversation with them, but they're also not toxic. I mean, again, this would make more sense if you knew who they were, but like, I think somewhere between the two extremes, which are, you know, toxic or such an ally that you're sort of like, well, what are you hiding at that point? Mm -hmm. Okay, Mm -hmm. okay, sure. You're such an ally that you must be sucking dick. You're being a little too much of an ally. Yeah, exactly. Or it's not even what, no, not even in that sense. It's more so in the opposite sense. You're up to something nefarious here. Maybe you're so, like you actually secretly... Uh, are homophobic. You're you're a straight mole trying to yeah. gather data. You're posting yeah. on an anti-gay message board or something. Right, exactly. in your Free time. Okay, that that no that I think there are sinister straits of that nature out there still. I mean, I joke about this in the South. I think this is like a real thing where there's like that kind of person who's like, I don't look. I don't have any problem with gay people. I have some gay friends. I just I mean, yeah, marriage. Like, do they need to do that? Do they need that? Ooh, ooh, yeah, it's like anytime anyone is like, I don't care if you're black, white, purple, or green. It's like, well, sounds like yeah, you. Do. Exactly. exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if you're from Mars. You know what I mean? I'm down. I just love love. If you name more colors that humans don't come in, then that might mean that you're racist. Yeah, yeah exactly. No purple, green. That humans don't come in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I mean, it's it's a tough question. I know that I put you on the spot. Um, no, but it's a it's actually a very good question, and I should be able to answer considering uh, I co-host a podcast about straight culture. Allegedly, it's all good, Playa. Speaking of your podcast, how do you deal with a co-host that doesn't like to talk about their personal life as much as you do? Oh, interesting. I I wonder if that's true. That's just something I picked up when I was, when we were doing your podcast oh, interesting. He, I mean he I seemed actually, a little yeah a little cock shy when it come to came to personal matters I don't I mean I don't remember him being cock shy per se but I do think in that particular episode you know I had like I had met Chris before I mean Chris and I have like been in a group dinner together believe it or not you know it's like I I sort of knew more who you guys were and I think like potentially mm, fi- mm-hmm. I, I I don't want to project onto him because I think he was ultimately as always very funny and charming but like yeah, of course. I wouldn't be surprised if from your perspective maybe I seem more comfortable or something but I don't think that he shies away from talking about his personal life although I think I sort of think both of us think that our personal lives are the least interesting things we could talk about and I kind of like that. like I think we're at our best when we're talking about neither our personal lives nor pop culture. Where when we're sort of just like, you know, having fun theorizing. Is there anything else? Well, it's like you know, it's like we'll have a topic like you know, uh, when you guys were on the topic was home improvement. This past episode, the topic was fast casual restaurants. It's always a straight topic, and I sort I think it's really fun to riff on essentially a prompt and you know be as stupid as possible. And I think that's always when done well. That's always going to be funnier than talking about like yeah. you know what harry styles you know started keep shitting on him what harry styles word of the grammys don't drag chris i have to i have to politely i have to politely disagree <laughs> um i no i just i no i see your point i i think that i think that i personally i just genuinely like pop culture and think that's what a lot of people are actually thinking about 
um, all the time in a way that's unhealthy. Totally. And I want to capital. I want to capitalize on that. Yeah. Um, and exploit exploit that. But it's also not. It's also not evergreen, which is something to consider. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Tr- good point. I mean, that's the other thing. It's true. Like, because we, I think you guys record closer to when you release. Like, yeah. we'll do like four episodes in one week and just like release them throughout the month or whatever. Bank them. That's part of. The, I think that's part of the reason that we're able to. Yeah. Talk about things that that feel really current is because it is. Well, and also. From for me personally, I mean it's different now, but for two years at Gawker, like my entire life was everyday reading. I mean, when I tell you every possible pop culture news story that was available, yeah, I mean that's true. It got that's to a the good point because it's like it, it's fun. It really is. I mean, I grew up on uh, pop culture media or whatever. Like I, I love. Um, you know, celebrity gossip, and I love the you know reading about who's going to win the Oscar and whatever. Like I love that Injected stuff. Injected into my veins, etc. Yeah. But when you um, when that is when that is your job, and it's on a truly second to second basis, because it's like I'll wake up and I'll, I'll assign like the morning blogs, and then have a lunch break and assign the afternoon blogs. Like there is literally nothing I don't know that is happening in pop culture (laughs) and then it's like some friend from college will text me something like a week later and be like did you hear about like olivia wilde and i'm like i truly get violent i'm like yes and if you were educated you would have heard it too i wrote that article bitch yeah (laughs) no yeah that happens to chris all the time where people will send us stories and we're like it's it's sometimes you really have to stop and take a deep breath and not reply with a cunty response. Totally. Of like, yeah, I sent this article to you four days ago. Because guess what? They're the normal ones is the thing. Like, it's actually not normal. Like, okay, freak, sorry. Yeah, the amount of people that sent me these mischief shoes that look like Mario boots that are modeled by Sarah (laughs) Snyder. Oh, yeah. I'm like, guys, it's just like, you know that I've seen this. You know that I've seen this. But the thing is, they want us to talk about it on How Long Gone which like right. it, it's it's weird but if i if it comes at me that way i almost forget about it versus if i see it organically and like think about it yeah yeah whereas my brain i look at them and i'm like uh, but you're like your useless twitter brains like the mario boots stay on during sex yeah and truly then, truly and literally. then it's out of your brain and it's just all pressed out of the your brain mario boots stay on during sex Man, this is Jason. You're the best to ever do it, bro. Uh, Jason, you gotta tweet that right now. Don't don't let <laughs> no. Yeah. So that's the problem. I don't want that. No, I know. No, I know. I know. I no. The fruit I is hanging too you. low. Yeah. Um. We. I want. I want to encourage everyone to do better, be better. And I. I would rather save it for the pod than uh, than for tweets. Um. But but speaking of Gawker and and you having to pay attention to all that stuff way too much. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the morning blogging. Um, would you consider Gawker? To be a blog? Well, currently I would consider it to be defunct. <laughs> but not at the not at the very moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. While the while the site while the site is still up. I'll say this, like, and I can sort of talk around the BDG of it all. Like, I think that I mean I guess a blog just sounds so um outdated or something. I guess I I, I, I guess I guess I would call it a website or I would call it like a digital media mm-hmm. b- brand digital media <laughs> I mean brand. I I would never say that you know publicly but sure. I, ultimately that is like in literal terms what it is I mean I think that calling it a blog or even a site is almost like this um ironic mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know you're it's it's like when people say like good post good blog like it's sort of an ironic <laughs> fun thing to good harken post. back to like hey. 2007 good post yeah nice but I mean if, if if the website is a website or mostly mostly blogs or things like that, um, and obviously 
uh, unfortunately Gawker went out of business and and you were laid off, how does a, a website or a blog or a digital media space like that yeah. make money and stay in business? I mean, I have to say, I don't think it can, and I don't think I don't think it. I I felt like it couldn't even before I accepted this mm-hmm. job. Like I was like, I was. Yeah. I, I'm so grateful that I was there for two years and I really loved everyone I worked with. But like, I don't think any of us. I hate to say, it, like, I don't think any of us were like, well, now this is going to be like uh, a long lasting. Pro- this is going to be the rest of our careers. And like, <laughs> now that I'm here, we can finally exactly. save like, the sinking ship. And also, I mean, I so I mentioned before that many years ago I worked as a researcher at this like journalism research center, and part of what I mean, it, it, it's called the Tau Center for Digital Journalism, and what it does is study like the relationship between journalism and the internet. So I was because I had spent you know, three years, like helping with reports about the pivot to video and helping with reports about like, uh, mass layoffs, blah, blah. I was even more cynical than the average person. Like I, I don't, I mean, I remember my boyfriend is a magazine writer and I remember like early on talking to him and, and just like very bluntly being like, well, magazines are dead. Mm -hmm. And he was like, Oh, whoa. Like, (laughs) awesome. (laughs) You know, like, well, I guess that's sort of my career. First of all, boyfriend. Um, So I'm, I'm like more cynical than, than most. I I think, I mean, I think that there, well, I think that the, I mean, the thing about the, the Gawker relaunch that got me excited was it was, it was a blog versus like the people thinking they're a genius for having a sub stack when that's just a blog. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So we're all going to, we're all going to, pay two dollars to subscribe to 12 sub stacks we like and if those were in one place that would just be called a website and it would be easier to use yes it would be called the blog and it'd be easier to it, use it, it, was, it makes no sense it was fun like it really did feel i mean and and ultimately you could argue that that's why it could never have succeeded is because there was a sort of nostalgic element to it where you felt like you were reading the internet of like 2009 yeah. or something mm-hmm. which is what a, a very vocal group of people want um, and our numbers were actually good. Like gen- genuinely, I the the site was doing well for what it was. But it's just like, oh, I believe. How that. do you? I, I I don't know if I were a businessman or something, and I was like, how do you scale this to be like a, you know, like uh, yeah. to have like branded content and to have like TikTok and whatever? Like it would ruin the site. Like the whole. Um, the reason it's good is because it feels like a sort of lo-fi blog with a bunch of like short form. I mean, something that Leah said that I really like uh, agree with, and that at first I was almost skeptical about, but she really won me over. Is she was like this fetishization of uh, long form content that happened around like 2010 to 2015. It's like for every one that is extremely good, there are like 16 that are terrible, yeah. and it's like yeah. someone like jerking themselves off. Like, and it's like, well, so if that's the case, then really commit to like a few good long things and then ultimately what people want is like a little thing that's going to make them laugh or teach them something or you know introduce them to a young writer or whatever. No, so. I think that the best stuff, I mean the best gawker things were almost like in my mind what Twitter would be like if you could if it was longer, which now obviously is a possi- is a possibility. Exactly, exactly. But I would click on stories and be like, "Damn, it's only you know three hundred words, but it's fucking funny and it hits the whole time." Because someone, yeah. like you said, doesn't need to do five thousand words to make themselves feel important and and know that their degree from Vassar was worth it. You know, it was a little bit yeah. more. No, a hundred percent. I agree. Sometimes you just need to read an article called let's face it, blankets are gay or something like that. You know? <laughs> yes, a hundred percent. And by the way, all the people that work at that worked at Gawker, like the staff writers, when they did want to write a five thousand word feature, 
they did, and it was very good. But I think it takes intelligence and force, and uh, you it's know, hard. not foresight. It's fucking hard. It, it, but but no, but no, it's sort of like it takes some. I actually think it's a sign of intelligence to know what is a blog and what is a feature. Like yeah. sometimes something is basically just a tweet, and you can like, you know, write it, write three paragraphs on it, and you do it in forty-five minutes, and it's like funny, and people share it, and then you move on. Well, they say. I mean, this is what they always say when you have an idea: is like. Is this an article, a book, or a movie? Because it, 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 it's yeah. rarely all three. So pick one and kind of go in that direction. And also, you just coined a new phrase. Instead of, is it a bug or a feature? Is it a blog or a feature? Yeah, yeah exactly. There's something there. There's something And actually, there. like, that is, not to get too um, high-minded about it, but, like, the hunger for to scale everything and to make everything into, like, a book adaptation, a film adaptation, a miniseries adaptation, is, there's a reason that why that is causing everything mm-hmm. to be terrible. It's because some things are meant to be a certain yeah, format. I agree. That's why podcasting rules. Agreed. <laughs> T. It can just be a... You can, no one's ever going to make a, a movie about our podcast. Pally. Hey, don't do that, Jason. The, oppor- the opportunities are endless. Uh, well, well, George, what do you want to... What is the What is the move then? Do you want to have like another job or are you kind of all set? How much have you spent at Servos in this last week? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Um, I mean, I tried. I mean, listen. I tried to go have a nice meal, and then I got food poisoning. So that, that <laughs> that's what. Look, you when know, it rains, it pours. It's your fault for going to Brooklyn, and I hope you learned your lesson. I mean, uh, you are absolutely right. And uh, <laughs> next time, I'll go to Servos. Um, no, I I have sort of I, I have felt a little like overwhelmed recently because I've been trying to do all this sort of more comedy writing stuff on the side while having yeah. a full time job. And uh, honestly, it's like. I mean, it's not a good look. Like, I will, like, I am behind on, I'll be behind on emails. I'll be, like, some, you know, I'll, I'll be late to Zooms. It's it's just, like, I think that something had to give, broadly speaking. Probably. And I don't even want to pretend that I have, It's I'm not saying I have, like, 15 TV shows in development or something like that. But it's just sort <laughs> of, like, think, you know, things take time. And I think that often I would have weeks where I'd be like, damn, I feel so tired, but I don't feel like any of the things I did, I really, like, excelled at. So I think... I'm cautiously like feeling good about having having more free time. I gotta say, it sounds like you're describing COVID. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> like it was the great reset that I needed. My body's feeling sore lately. I don't know why. Yeah, but we all needed it. Well, hopefully, um, hopefully things um, only go up and up from here for you, George. We believe in you yeah, wholeheartedly. George, we're fans. You're you're a very talented and funny person. We're we're team we're team GC. Well, I'm a, I'm a fan of you guys. We're fans. And it was an honor. It was an honor. Uh, it was an honor to be on the podcast. Oh, Matthew just texted me. How did it go? Uh, well, tell tell Matt it went great. And um and right. and tell him that if he wants to discuss that fucking etiquette thing, he can text me directly. Um and we'll, we'll uh, kind of <laughs> go from we'll kind of go from there with that one. Well, you know, he wrote a couple of them, but his name is not on them. So Smart. it's sort of like you're really walking on eggshells if you want to like tell him wh- which ones you like and which ones you didn't like because they might be his i'm willing to i'm willing to go toe-to-toe with him and and i know unfortunately that i will lose because he's much smarter than me um but i am meaner so i think i yeah. have that going yeah for um, sure but maybe i'm not you you know better than i do he can be he can be cutting when he wants to be i'll say that <laughs> can you tell us which ones he wrote um <laughs> You know what? I'd, I'll I'll certainly tell you off, Mike. I, maybe he doesn't want me to say. I don't know. Who the knows? one because I remember the only I was I was reading it and the only one I remember seeing it actually signed by the author was maybe the worst and funniest one of "You're not allowed to touch the small of my back if you're ugly." Well, <laughs> yeah, if all so of them good. were comedic so like good. that, then it would make sense in context. Whereas if 
if the rest of them are literally like, you know, don't wear shoes inside the house, then it's weird to suddenly call someone ugly in the next line. (laughs) (laughs) You make it, you make it true. You make a good point. All right, George, thank you for joining us on how long gone everybody. Thanks guys. uh, Follow George on the internet and also listen to his podcast. Start with the how long gone episode to get your feet wet and then you Uh can dive in. It's, it's pretty, it's produced, it's executive produced by comedian Will Ferrell. So that's, that's like a nice, that's a nice bonus. (laughs) Yeah. Big money players network. We love you guys. Big money players network. Nothing (laughs) feels more George than that. Um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Ciao. Our honeymoon. Our honeymoon. Our Dreaming away your life